This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. It's Thursday, November 8th, the day before some tentpole Watsy releases, and I'm thinking about a recap. Hello Rich, it's me, Spike Pit. A great episode, talking about the mid uh, Midgard recap. I don't know what it was exactly, but uh, I just enjoyed it. It was it was cool to listen to. I thought it rolled along nicely. And um, for your friend Tristan, I don't think um, he needs to be too downhearted there. We've recently lost a couple of players in our group also. And, um, you know, it's hosed my campaign a little bit. But um, I haven't quite got the same story issues. I'm just, without knowing the ins and outs of the campaign, I wonder if he can keep it going but take narrative control of the characters, so the former player characters, turn them into NPCs and um, work them out of the story a little bit, like you already suggested. But um, nobody mentioned uh, the GM actually taking control of the characters, so try that. Hey, thanks for that, Spike Pit. Uh, That's some good advice there, and uh, you're right, for some reason I didn't cover that. So, uh, yet another option for Tristan to resurrect his campaign. Hey, Rich. Eric Salzwittle here of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. Just listening to your last couple episodes and your discussion on skills. And one of my thoughts was, Rich is kind of thinking about this in not a very old-school gaming sort of way. You're talking about rules and wanting specifics for skill checks, man. What are you thinking? Uh, Just kidding. But uh, what I think you could do specifically for your lock picking example is you could have a table that based on you'd roll a d6 and then you would add whatever the number is that the person failed by so let's say they had a lock picking skill of 14 and they rolled a 16 so it'd be two so you'd roll 1d6 plus two and then you'd consult the table and it would be like a list of things that would be like what are the consequences of failing that roll by a certain amount Anyway, I don't have anything in paper or in stone there, but uh, maybe I'll write something up and send it your way and see what you think. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for the advice there, Eric. Um, you're right. I'm not thinking about it in an old school way. I want I want walls around this, right? I want my players to say, hey, why is this working this way? And I want to be able to say, hey, this is the way it's working. But on sitting and thinking about this, I thought that... Um, having it the opposite way might work as well. So I made up some some rules for me, some guidelines when I do a skill check, all right? So when I do a skill check, first I um, figure out what they're doing, set a DC, tell them what's gonna happen if they hit it, if they miss it, and then um, tell them how long it's gonna take. That way everything's front-loaded, right? You know that it's gonna take you five minutes because this is a hard lock, or you know that if you miss, you're probably going to make a lot of noise and get a wandering monster roll, something like that. Um, so I've, uh, if I can remember to go back to this <laughs> table, I've put it in my little OneNote GM screen. So if I can remember to go back to this, then um, that'll be great. You know, um, I'll, I'll have all my bases covered, and if anybody has a complaint, we can refer back to the initial conversation. Hopefully, if not, I can revise my little uh, order of things to do before a skill check table. Um, and that was, um, Spike Pit and Eric, and they have anchor casts as well. Uh, Spike Pit does obviously the Spike Pit. Eric does the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. 
both great podcasts. I don't pimp other podcasts enough. Um, so these are two of them that I definitely listen to every week. So this was kind of a weird week to add a person, but I always like adding people. Hell, I'll play with 20 people if, uh, if they want to play. The only problem is how many can I fit around a table and in that room? So, uh, let's see, where did we start? We, uh, were still searching for the black chamber of Anuakma. So they wandered around a bit and I kind of made them beeline for it. I decided that, uh, Hey, I'd let them know that there are secret passages down here and they have not looked for secret passages. And this would be a good place to look for a secret passage. But, um, it, I think I did the, um, set the DC at like 18 and then offered them it, the, for every extra 10 minutes they spent, they could lower it. Um, ended up first 10 minutes, they got it right away. So they found the secret ch- chamber, opened it up and boom, they're standing in front of this desert, right? Uh, desert underground in the middle of the sewers. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so they investigated a little more and the desert is made of bone instead of sand. They uh, do a couple of history checks uh, and I let them know that they are staring into Evermaw. This is um, the plane of Mot, Anu Akma, and one other god of death in the Midgard world. So they, they take a look at this place, not sure what it is, and close the door and say, okay, we'll come back here later. So they wander around and have a couple more encounters, uh, all of which they negotiate out of. But the one that stands out is the devil encounter. They encounter a couple of bushes that are on fire, smoldering. These bushes are excrutable something. Plants. Excrutable bushes. Excrutable. Mm, don't remember what it is. Creature codex. Uh, pretty good. Planar flora. It's, uh, it's a couple celestials, a couple fiend floras. Anyways, they uh, puff out a bunch of smoke and uh, cloud the area up after one of them tries to douse the flames. And uh, a voice says uh, in Infernal, you know, what are you doing here? We want you to go away. So the players start communicating with this Infernal voice. Someone speaks Infernal. So uh, they talk to him for a minute, and uh, then it becomes telepathy in all their heads. Uh, They um, make themselves known. It's a couple of bearded devils. They want the players to leave their place. They start to have a conversation about um, who uh, or what they're doing here. And, um, of course, they're looking for souls. What else do devils do, right? So they try to make a... They, they kind of go back and forth, right? The devils are like, we are willing to make an offer or a deal. So they're basically standing there harassing these devils verbally. Um, well, not that kind of harassment, but uh, they're, they're bothering the shit out of these devils. And, the, and they finally ask about the Black Chamber of Anoakma, and the devils go, if we tell you, will you leave? Um, so they tell them, hey, it's back in this, uh, this door that you guys just found. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's just a short draw. Walk over there. And uh, they're like, okay, how long is your short walk? 16 hours, you know, it's short for devils. So uh, they go back to this desert. They finally, uh, they, they're trying to figure out if they should believe the devils or not. So I have, to, I have to break this down for them. I'm like, okay, so what have they told you that you could verify, right? And they finally realize, oh, hey, the devil said that no one's been there in a long time. So let's go investigate this place and see if it looks like no one's been there in a long time. 
Indeed. They find the place. They dis- they uh, figure out that no one's been there in a long time. So they decide to take the word of the devils. So they travel for 16 hours. Uh, they do a short rest or a long rest in the middle of it. When they wake up from the long rest, there is a line of skeletons miles long. They're standing, I describe, with their shoulders over their hips, over their heels. So if you stand in that position, right, that's kind of like a tension, right? I say they have swords. Some of them are sheathed. The rest of them that do not have a sheath are laying down in front of them at their feet. Someone jumps right on this and says, hey, it looks, sounds like they're standing at attention. So one of the players jumps in and starts hailing him. All right, sounds good. Most of the players follow. Um, one of the players decides to cower behind their shield, or their holy symbol, for, which is on their shield. Um, the, he is immediately attacked. He's got a pretty high armor class. They're only skeletons, so they didn't hit him at all. All right. So uh, the somebody grabs him and puts him on the ground, and he kind of supplicates, supplicates himself, right? Is that the right word? It is a word. That's all I know. Uh, so he kind of says, you know, hey, you know, sorry, sorry. You know, and then he stands up and he follows closely behind somebody else who's hailing him. So they get past the uh, skeletons, and then there they are, staring into the mouth of a cave. So they find the cave entrance to the black chamber of Anu-Akma. Now they walk in. Things are, it's a pretty large cave, and uh, there's a wall of skulls uh, not too deep inside. Um... And there's a small band of gnolls outside, led by a, I don't know, not a Flynn, but something else, a, a, another powerful gnoll. This one's from Tome of Beasts, I think. May have been Creature Codex. Uh, no, definitely Tome of Beasts, because I had a pawn for it. So, uh, we roll initiative. They say, interlopers, you don't belong here, something like that. And suggestions cast. So this is, I've been waiting for this, right? I had a problem with suggestion before. So I pull out my OneNote list of ways suggestion will work. That's something I stole from Reddit. It's a, uh, a list of several things that, several uh, um, qualities, I guess, uh, for suggestion. Uh, let me see here if I can pull it up here. Uh, the NPC will obey the caster if it is not doing anything it deems more important. If the command does not violate any duties, professional or otherwise, that the NPC is bound to. If the command doesn't violate the NPC's personal values. As long as the command does not harm the NPC or any of its friends or relatives in any way. This includes financial, social, and emotional harm. As long as the NPC doesn't threaten the well-being of the ones they care about. If the command is logical at all, short of betrayal or suicide. If the NPC agrees with the command in their deepest heart, even if or disagrees with the command in their deepest heart, even if it would otherwise never commit such an act, if the command is logical at all, short of suicide. Um, so these are like kind of my baseline, right? So we have a discussion, which makes things better, right? Because I'm not their enemy; I'm on their side. I don't want my players to feel like they're wasting a spell. So we have a discussion. We come to the opinion that um he's going to cast a spell that says um you guys let us pass and leave us alone something like that right and uh 
like I was so excited about this discussion and the whole table was kind of in on it, right? Uh, a couple of other people were chiming in, which um, again, I'm not anti-metagaming. I don't mind pausing something that would take one second and talking about it for 10 or 15 minutes if it, would get, if it helps us get it right. Um, so I was so excited that I forgot to roll a saving throw. I do crazy shit like that all the time. So anyway, they got past, no problem. They get in the black chamber and boom, the walls, the door slams closed once they're all inside. Uh, they check, check this place around. Um, I communicate to them that this place is jacked up. There's like graffiti on the wall, you know, dicks on their foreheads, that kind of thing. Um, it, it, it's awful. You know, the frescoes are ruined. The place is trashed. It's literal with bones. You know, there's blood everywhere. Um, this, this does not look like uh, the chamber, right? And uh, they're, they're investigating, right? They're praying. So they start praying at the altar and, and praying for Enochma's guidance. Um, a couple of the more uh, intellectually inclined are doing history checks, checking, um, trying to figure out what, what the writing on the wall over the frescoes is. Um, they determine it's from uh, uh, the, the Noel Demon Lord. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's uh, Yenagah or something like that. Um, so they're like, oh, this place is jacked up. And I'm like, yeah, it's really bad, you know? And I, I wanted to communicate to them that it was desecrated, but I didn't want to use the word and put that thought in their head. So I was like, it's really jacked up, man. It's like, they, they're very anti-religious in here. It's, you know, like, like I was saying, dick, dicks drawn on people's foreheads and all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, someone goes, oh, like, it's desiccated, desecrated. I was like, yes, that is a good word to use. Um, so they decide they're going to uh, clean it up and get it ready for the ritual. So also, while they're praying and looking around, they, dis they discover that um, there's, a, there's an exit, right? There's a button on the door. So they finally decide that they're going to get out of here and travel the uh, 16 hours back and deal with the gnolls outside however they need to, right? Uh, oh no, suggestion lasts like eight hours, so they were going to um, just run past them or whatever, say, see ya. Um, so they get there, or they push the button, opens it up, and they're back in the sewers. Um, they're very confused. They want the door propped open, that kind of thing. Um, so they... Uh, they leave, they come back, uh, the next day, they get a, a priest, they, um, tidy up the place in the meantime, and the priest gets there, they bring the body, and she's like, okay, let's try this. And I was like, is there anything you'd li like to do beforehand? And one of the players says, you know what? I don't think we actually dealt with the desecration. And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't think you did either. Uh, so they asked the priest, Hey, can you do something like that? Can you consecrate this place? And I was like, yeah, sure. We can do that. You give me the spell components, you know, 25 gold pieces worth of silver, which they only had 15. I'm smiling on the inside because I'm going to raise this queen as a zombie Lord. Uh, I was very, very excited to unleash hell on the kobold quarter of the city, but they scraped up the, uh, the funds from, uh, somebody starting cash. Uh, the new player, he got to feel very useful for that moment. Uh, so he um, donated 10 more gold to the fund and boom, consecrated. And they raised the uh, Kobold Queen, which leaves me at the place. What am I going to do next week?
and I'll probably talk about that more in my next podcast. Hopefully it won't be another two weeks before I put one out. So that's all the nuggets I got for today. Talk to you later. That's all the nuggets we got this week. You want to reach out? You can leave a voice message in the Anchor FM app, website, or send a file to my email. You can email me at cockatricenuggets at slackernerds.com or leave a comment on my website, slackernerds.com. This podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are stored. So let me know how I'm doing by leaving me a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcaster. Thanks for listening. It was a weird session. It was... uh... It was a strange session last week. Um, it was, we had a new player, um, which I don't mind. Like I said, I can, uh, we were talking about it and I was like, I'll run for 20 people. I don't care. You know, um, the only problem would be squeezing everybody into this room. Um, I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. I, I, I like jamming. I like big groups. Um, I like, uh, trying to manage everything, right? It's fun to me. It's, uh, it's part of the game for me. And, uh, I try to, you know, include everybody. Uh, so the new guy was, uh, he picked a weird episode to come in. He didn't pick the episode. Uh, the episode that we ran was a, a weird one, right? So they're, um, they're on the tail end of this quest to resurrect the queen, which they've been putting off in one way or another, right? Uh, either finding her, waiting too long, or uh, leaving her in a trash pile, um, waiting to find this dark chamber. So, uh, they finally, uh, start looking for it, right? Um, I, I send them right there. I don't even, like, I don't even fuck around. It's, like, beeline to there. I, I describe the, the, uh, secret door. Um, in fact, I told them, hey, we haven't been looking for secret doors. Here's a good place to try that. Um, I decided that each person could roll. It would take 10 minutes. Uh, if they want to spend an extra 10 minutes, I would lower the DC. Uh, I think I started off at a DC 20 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, anyway, uh, everybody rolled, so right away we got the secret entrance open. They found the entrance to um, the, the dark chamber of Anuakma, uh, although they didn't know what it was. It was a portal. It was to the plane of Evermaw. Um, this was uh, just released in the Undead Warlock. Uh, number nine, maybe? Number eight? Uh, this is a uh, zine published by Kobold Press. Um, it ran a little late this month, I think because of their Kickstarter. Uh, but nonetheless, it arrived just in time for me to read this and uh, absorb this and say, hey, this is something I can use. So they arrived on the Bone Desert. Okay, um, they, they decided um, that uh, it was interesting and they weren't interested in going in there. Um, I even let people make a couple checks and like determine, hey, this is this is what this is. This is this is the plane of death, right? This is uh, a place where three of these death gods live or hang out or whatever. So they were like, all right, interesting. We're closing the door and we're coming back. Uh, so they um, they wandered around a bit, had a random encounter with um, some devils. Um, the devils, of course, were willing to make a deal. I used my uh, my fancy D6 uh, um, encounter um, reaction table thing. Um, it's a uh, it's a D6. Uh, one is ambush. Uh, two is unfriendly. Three is unsure. Four is friendly. Five is um, hostile. Actually, I missed it. Hostile is at the beginning. Um, and six is surprised. 
So there's a, a couple of chances in there that, you know, they're not going to get attacked straight out. Um, and I believe in, you know, having an encounter be an encounter, not necessarily a combat encounter, but something that happens. And I believe in letting the players throw that through, right? So um, they get there, they they have this encounter, they they initially attack one of these, um, these burning bushes, these excrutable shrubs uh, from... Cobalt Press's uh, Creature Codex, uh, a great book I've mentioned many times before. Um, so they they have an encounter with these guys, uh, but they step back because they like just fill out a cloud of smoke. Um, they're told to go away. Uh, someone's speaking in a um, infernal. They have a small conversation in infernal, uh, and then it turns to telepathy. They start to start to talk to these devils, right, and ask why they're here and what are you doing and hey, do you know where this place is? And they're like, yeah, it's in the the Evermon, right? You got to go through the store over here, but no one goes through it, right? And they're like, but they're devils. How can we trust them? And I'm like, hey, man, they're lawful. You know this, you know? They they don't they don't break their word. They they can't break their word in a contract, right? Um, it's punishable by final death, you know? Um, so they they talk to these devils and um, they're trying to figure out a way to um, believe them, right? So I have to break it down for them. I'm like, okay, all right, wait. So how can we verify that one of these things that they're telling is true, right? And they said that this place had never, that nobody ever goes here. This place hadn't been found in, in forever, right? And uh, they they kind of extrapolated on that, and then they figured out, hey, wait, can't we just go there and look and see what it looks like? And I go, yeah, yeah, you can. You can. And it looks like no one's ever been there, you know? It looks like there's caked up dust. There's your footprints, you know, there's spider webs in the corners, dead spider webs, not even live spider webs, um, that kind of thing. So um, they trusted the devils a little bit. The devils told them where they could go to find this chamber. Um, and uh, they, they eventually, you know, went on with it. It was a 16-hour walk, I believe. Um, they eventually decided just to go for it, right? Um, they, they took the door off the hinges so no one could close it behind them. Um, irrelevant, but they didn't know that until later. So they, they're on their way to the black chamber. They're, they do a short rest, or a long rest. Um, at the end of the long rest, a line of skeletons, like miles long, pops up, right? Um, they are standing, I say, with their, um, their shoulders above their hips, above their um, heels, right? So if you can picture that line, that straight line, and if you can stand up and do that, what does that look like, right? I say that they have, some of them have weapons, but they're, either in scabbards or they're laying at their feet in front of them. And most of them are looking straight ahead, you know? Um, maybe not... Well, all of them were looking straight ahead, I said. Um, so, it was, uh, it was... It was the line of troops standing at attention, right? And someone got this right away, but they didn't act on it right away. Um, they didn't uh, figure everything out quite right away. So someone walked by and just started hailing them, right? Hail, 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 hail. Uh, and uh, this worked out pretty well. And um, they ended up getting past it pretty quickly. Uh, one person kind of cowered before them, and they were attacked immediately. Uh, the first uh, group, there were seven in each group. Uh, so the first group attacked immediately. <clears throat> he had a high armor class, so he didn't get hit. Um, but uh, they, they, he, he submitted. He got down on his knees and like supplicated himself to them. Um, so it was a... Uh, it was, a, it was a cool little puzzle that I invented, and uh, they figured out exactly what it was. 